0: to the Straits of Video podcast with Rob Lane. What's up? So great to have you on board for another episode of my show Straight to Video with me, your host Rob Lane, and today I get to bring you a chat with the singer of one of the bands on a tour that hits the UK in November, which I never expected to see, but I'm over the moon as it features two of what I consider the best American rock bands of all time. Soul Asylum and Everclear will be performing throughout the UK, and I got the chance to speak to Everclear frontman Art Alex Arkis to chat all about this amazing tour and everything else that is happening in the band's 30th anniversary now I wanted to dive into some of Art's memories of touring the UK in the early days and he brought up some fun stuff including their appearance at Castle Donnington, along with the Jules Holland TV show and a bunch of other great stories which I hope you'll enjoy Tour dates for the band's upcoming UK shows with Soul Asylum can be found at their website everclearmusic.com along with details of their remastered reissue of their debut release, World of Noise. And maybe I'll see some of you at a show next month, but right now, please enjoy my straight-to-video chat with Everclear's Art Alex Arkis. Good to see you, man. Good to see you, ma'am. How's it going? Pretty good. This is not a rock and roll time for you. Eight o'clock in the morning. <laughs>
1: <laughs> My daughter just started high school about a month ago. So every day she goes out and gets on the bus right outside our gate, right there. And it takes her to the train. that takes her to school. And it's exciting, but it's also like, you know, last year I was taking her everywhere. She was a little girl. Now she's wearing makeup. And frankly, Rob,
0: it's pissing me off. <laughs> just how fast it's going or are you just terrified growing up so fast. She's a good girl. She's a, you know, she's
1: cool. She's just really smart. She knows what's going on. She knows about her dad. She knows I'm an addict and you know, recovering of course 33 years, but still it's in the genes and she knows that and she's uh she's a cool kid. I'm very I'm very blessed. But yes, it's not very rock and roll to be up to early, but you know what? I've been a dad since 92. Her older sister is 30, so Yeah, I've always been kind of like this for a long, long time, even through all the Everclear stuff. I've been clean and sober, so I'm never the party guy. I was always up early, already had my protein shake. You know, I'm not very rock and
0: roll. <laughs> it's all good, though. It's all good. Well, thank you for taking some time to do this. I really appreciate it. Very cool to hook up. We have a good mutual friend in um, James Brighouse from the band Blame, who you toured with back in 2013.
1: Very cool. Yeah, man. Yeah, I'm stoked to see them. They're going to, I forget what show they're coming to. You're doing Nottingham. That's pretty close. Yeah, I think it's Nottingham. Yeah, I think you're right. That's going to be fun.
0: I actually met him at an Everclear show in Sheffield, I think it was, when we first got talking, and we've been great friends ever since then.
1: Really? That's awesome. Yeah, Everclear, bringing people together. (laughs) There you go, man, there you go. Speaking of that, I just got... facebook thing from uh craig montoya we've been talking for the last couple of years him and uh my old guitar player david laprenzi are going to come out to the portland show we're going to play portland so it's going to be fun to see those guys again and you know just connect
0: so um joey and i have been talking about setting up this interview for quite literally months now and he kept saying we're getting set for announcement can you check back in a few weeks Then it was another few weeks, and then eventually this announcement with it being this double header with Soul Asylum, which blew me away. Has it been like bubbling under for quite some time?
1: Yeah, you know, originally we were going to do clubs by ourselves, and then Soul Asylum came up, and then they were kind of tentative about doing anything, like even coming. It was off and on. I got to give it to Joey and my manager, Gary, the two of them together. And Gary lives in London. They worked this thing tirelessly for like eight, nine months. And it was getting to the point like, guys, if we're going to go in that time, we got to start selling tickets, man. <laughs> One way or another, we got to go. And um, They made it happen, it's cool. We got eight shows with Soul Asylum, Dave Perner's, someone I totally look up to. They've gone on tour with us before, and I grew up back in the 80s. Soul Asylum was one of those, like, I love the Minneapolis bands, you know, Husker Du, Soul Asylum, Replacements. I mean... That was kind of my thing. That was the precursor. I don't think alternative rock of the 90s would have sounded the same without those bands. You know, I really do.
0: Have you all toured much in the past? I know, I think they were on the Summerland Festival in 2014, but have you all known each other since way before then or just continually crossing paths?
1: We have played festivals together and, you know, I didn't know Dave well and... I've toured with him a couple of times since then, and I still don't know him well, but I I mean, he painted me a picture. I I really like Dave Pernary. He's someone I really, like I said, respect, and I can't wait to play with him every night. I love being in the opening slot. We're going to come out, do our 50 minutes, 60 minutes, whatever they give us, and just kick ass and enjoy their show, so... going to be awesome, man. I'm really looking forward to it. You know, in 2013, I know you saw that tour that was done by a promoter that was not even in England. He was in New Zealand and he was using a co-promoter from Sweden. It was just a nightmare. No one knew about the show. Remember? It was just like, people were like walking in going... Who like Everclear? Everclear, you know, people were just surprised. So it kind of hurt us in the market. That's why we haven't been back. It's been hard getting promoters to be able to give us enough guarantee because they got hurt. This tour, you know, I'm basically going to break even on this tour, and that's cool. I don't care. I want to go in and just just show people that our UK fans are are there. And they know we're coming. They're going to show up.
0: I mean, it's great that you can actually do something in the 30th anniversary as well. Oh, yeah. We're
1: going to do some old songs. We're going to do a brand new song, too. I just, I'm just i finishing the mix today or tomorrow. I just got a couple notes on it. It's a song called Year of the Tiger. Very political. But we're working on a treatment for like a $5,000 video that's just going to be really stupid <laughs> and
0: fun. They're the best videos, the stupid ones.
1: Tiger suits just kick the shit out of each other, basically. But, you know, as a guy, that sounds like fun to me. So we'll see. You know, we're going to play stuff from World of Noise, Sparkle, and all the old albums. Definitely been in the UK. Our record songs from american movie volume one was really big there so i wanted to do a song from that that we've been getting requests for like it's called learning how to smile so i'm hoping to put that in the set as well
0: we just mentioned briefly then touring with soul asylum on the summerland festival there wasn't a 22 edition planned even though i think that would have been the 10th anniversary was there anything wheels in motion for anything or just did the 30th anniversary of everclear simply overshadow that
1: no we did the 30th anniversary you know we brought out 90s bands like we always do anyway we brought out basketball and the nixons i don't know what we're going to do next year i don't know if i'm going to do a summerland tour we'll see
0: i mean you created it back in 2012 and i think you've mentioned it was based on old school radio station shows of yesteryear right was there any you attended that had like an impact on you which you think back to and think oh that was a great day or any bands you saw
1: those didn't really start till the 90s so we got in on those on the pretty much the ground floor those were pattern pretty much after like Lollapalooza Right, where you have like a bunch of bands everybody gets a shorter set so that's where that came from and in the 90s it was a phenomenon in the states. I don't know how much of it was in the UK because you guys have your own festival situations set up with Reading and all that stuff and the smaller ones as well but we did a lot of those radio shows we did them when we were first coming up so we'd be like second or third band in the afternoon and then moved up and moved up and then to the point we were headlining by 97, 98 99 99 we were headlining it was a lot of fun get to meet people and see other bands and you see everybody's hits and that was the idea of summerland short sets multiple bands lots of hits
0: yeah we had similar ones for like our bbc radio one they'd have like the radio one road show which would tour all over the summer and i think it was like an opportunity for them to break all the new pop acts the ones which are like bubbling under so they get them on and do their hit single which well their single which was going to go to radio a few weeks later or something like that yeah so it's something that we did over it perhaps not in the rock spectrum but more in the pop music kind of arena
1: That's interesting i didn't i wasn't aware of that that's interesting and of course in australia they had the big day out which was you know their version of Lollapalooza. they had a couple other several festivals that were really 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 intense as well you ever been to australia
0: i went over let me try and get the year right it was either 1999 or 2000 uh we actually saw blink 182 there like really early on so yeah that i loved it over there it was amazing
1: they embraced americana way more than the uk or even new zealand I liken them to like New Zealand is tea culture, like the UK, like Britain, right? But uh, Australia is pushing. I mean, they have tea culture there, too, but they also are very coffee culture, which is more American. You know, it's the only place I've ever been. Where, you know, I walk up to a bar and go, okay, hey, can I get a soda water? And someone's like, sexy accent. And I'm like, really? <laughs> but yeah, they're like Americans there. So we go there a lot. We're going there in
0: uh, February.
1: We got a big tour set up.
0: How long's it been since you've been to Australia? We go there more
1: than we go just about anywhere else. So dig this. We are there in 2020 and we got out February 28th and they closed the country on March 3rd. Wow. You got lucky. <laughs> it was coming up. It was day to day, man. I'm like, should we cancel this last show and just go cuz if you remember, it was just it just went from nothing to worldwide panic in like 2 weeks. Crazy. And thank God I got home.
0: With this upcoming UK tour, in our way like just next month in a few weeks. I'd love to talk about some of your experience of playing the UK over the years, because you grew up listening to the Beatles. In fact, I think one of your earliest musical memories is seeing them, one of their later appearances on the Ed Sullivan Show. So did the UK have something of like a maybe a romanticism for you? Is this far off land perhaps the same way as the USA has for a lot of us? Because we grew up with all like the big movies and TV shows. So it was always cool for us. So was music in the UK similar for you?
1: Absolutely. 100%. You know, I would liken it to in the 80s, I went to uh, New York for the first time. I was in my almost 30s, late 20s. And it freaked me out because I'd seen it in movies. I, you know, some of my favorite punk bands were from there. So it was intense. When I went to London for the first time, when we came to the UK for the first time, I believe it was in 95, when we put out that Fire Records EP. Yeah, we were all kind of intimidated, especially, you know, going to places. I'm a historian, I love historical fiction anglo history about the island going back you know way past the roman era i'm pretty proficient in talking about dates and kings and you know blah 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 and stuff like that so when i go there it's a big big deal to me i'm always wish i had more time to go and just explore and i've done that to a certain extent but as far as music goes yeah i mean last time we played liverpool we went to the new cavern club but i don't care it was the cavern club for me man (laughs) (laughs)
0: They've done a good job. I mean, I think it's literally just across the street, but they've just recreated it amazingly, I think. From the
1: pictures I've seen, it looks pretty spot on, right?
0: I think it's probably made out of the same bricks. They just moved the bricks over.
1: (laughs) And you know what? I'm totally cool with that, man. It's just like, we can't forget our history, man. We got to celebrate the great things. Remember the bad things so we don't repeat them. But more than that, celebrate the great things and the good things and put a spotlight on all the little miracles that happened, not just the big miracles, you know? I think about the first time John Lennon and Paul McCartney walked down into the Cavern Club. They probably thought, oh, what a shithole. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to play this. Not knowing that it was just, it was going to change the world. Change the world. I mean, going there, I've got great memories of touring there, playing there all over the UK. What do you want to know?
0: Was you blasting out a cover of ACDC's Sin City back then?
1: We were. We were with Craig singing. Yeah. No way. (laughs) Absolutely. Maybe we should learn that and spring it on, see if he wants to jump on stage and do Sin City. That'd be kind of cool.
0: That'd be awesome. You appeared on the Jules Holland Show, I believe, in May of 1996. I think on the bill at that time was Ice-T and Paul Weller. Do you remember much about that?
1: Yeah, I do remember that because Ice-T... Has always been really, I mean, he's from LA, I'm from LA. He's always been super cool to me. We always like connect and talk and stuff. But I was kind of intimidated to meet Paul Weller because I was a huge jam fan. I mean, when they came out, I bought that record 77, 78, as soon as we could get it in the States. And um, I don't remember him being very nice to me. Like, damn it! I've waited 20 years. Be careful in meeting your heroes, man. Nine times out of 10. I don't want to say nine times out of 10. I'll say at least half the time, they'll disappoint you. But meeting Dave Perner, meeting all those guys from the Minnesota scene and in the 80s, the early alternative scene, those guys have always been nothing but just great to me and to everybody else.
0: One of the first times I became aware of Everclear was when you played at the Monster Rock Festival at Castle Donington in 96 off the back of the Sparkle and Fade album. I had you literally flown in that morning of that show?
1: Yes, we flew in the morning of that show. I think we came from Europe. I think we were in Europe. We bopped over to do that, and then I think we went back. And I remember we're driving in and we see all these guys with long hair looking like they time warped out of the 70s, carrying these big old bags of what we were told was beer, right? And then later we played we played the side stage, like the bigger side stage. And guys were throwing those bags of beer up on the stage, and Craig's like Why are they throwing the beer up here? I go, dude, it's not beer. (laughs) It's not beer anymore.
0: It's piss.
1: And he's like, oh, my God. He was horrified.
0: Yeah, they're not allowed to take in the bags of beer anymore. They shut that down a while ago.
1: Yeah. I didn't even know they made plastic bags that (laughs) day. Yeah, that was a trip. I remember that being backstage and seeing, remember, Kiss played that show.
0: That's right. Kiss and Ozzy Osbourne were on that, Bill. And
1: I saw members of both bands wasted backstage just out of their mind, wasted, and could barely walk. I'm like, how are they going to perform, man? How do you perform like that? I mean, I used to perform drunk, but not like that. And it was just like, ah, they pulled it off.
0: Is there anywhere in the UK you particularly like to perform or looking forward to on this upcoming tour?
1: I'm looking forward to London, of course. I love playing the Midlands. I love playing Newcastle. Newcastle, man, it's like I can barely understand what those people are saying half the time. They say they're speaking English, but I don't believe it. Yeah, and uh, we're playing Glasgow, so that's going to be fun. The Scots just out of control. I remember being there in '90. Six ninety seven when we were opening for a band called Feeder. Still huge over here. Feeder still do great. Are they really? They should take us on tour, suckers. We took them on tour in the States. They took us on tour there. Yeah, they're great guys. But I remember driving down the street, my daughter and my wife at the time, my second wife was the mother of my daughter, my oldest daughter. And she was, I think my little girl was four going on five, something like that. And we're driving down the street and there's this old man, fucking hammered. Just hammered. But, you know, middle of the day, typical in Glasgow, just people just hammered everywhere walking around. He's walking, and we pull up to a light, and he just kind of looks at the car and then just pukes, just like, "Ah," you know, throws up. My daughter's like, oh my God, is he sick? I go, that's from drinking, it's from alcohol. You don't do that. I go, no, I don't do it anymore, but I used to. And she did you used to be like that? And I go, pretty close,
0: just a little bit. Oh,
1: man. Welcome to Scotland. <laughs> exactly. And last time we were in Scotland, we went across the street from the gig and they were frying up stuff. And they'll deep fry anything, right? They're Mars bars, Snickers, all sorts of stuff. And they had a small deep fried haggis. And so one of my guys, I go, dude, I will give you 200 pounds right now. Right now. You eat that thing all the way down. <laughs> He's like, ah, what's a haggis? I go. Uh, They call it a pudding, but I like pudding. No, it's not that kind of pudding. (laughs) It's not that kind of pudding. It's basically sheep's stomach filled with the entrails of a sheep. So there you go. Did he go for it? Did he take you up on the bet? Nope. I did have a deep fried Mars bar. I had a bet with someone on my crew. He's like, the Snickers is going to be better. I go, I don't think so. I think the hot oil and the peanuts, I don't think that's going to work. I was right. I won that bet. The Mars bar was much better. So I know that's pretty boring, but that's a distinct memory. You know, the last time I was over in the UK touring, I came over in 2019 and did a solo tour. I saw you in Birmingham. Oh, you did? Okay. Very cool. Yeah, it was fun. It was fun. But when I do the solo thing, I bring Freddie and I bring Derek who's been with me since 2001 and we're all like brothers man we all just like hang out we're all sober it's just fun doing it like that but this is going to be fun bringing the whole band David, who's been playing guitar with me for almost 19 years now 19 years freddie who's been with me for going on 13 years actually no going on 14 years and brian who's been with us since 2015 so yeah, it's going to be a it's going to be a great tour. We're tight. You know, you can tell people they can hit us up on Twitter and Facebook and make requests for specific shows and if we can do it, we'll get the song in.
0: There's so much happening for the band. I mean, obviously you got World of Noise 30th anniversary, but I believe you're studying as a life coach. Sober for over 30 years, so much knowledge and life experience, I guess both good and bad, and you see it as giving something back and helping others? Coaching and counseling for
1: creatives. So yeah, I've I've got my three coaching degrees and certifications. That took about two years. And then now I've got, I'm working on alcohol drug counseling and I got another probably year and a half, two years to get that. And once I have that, I'll be about five classes away from getting my psychology degree, uh, my four-year degree. So I'll I'll go ahead and finish that. I'm in no hurry to get that done. I'm going to start doing the practice probably... Next year, this year and next year, I've decided I'm going to start working on my book. People have been asking, I've been thinking about it, and I reached out to a guy who's going to basically help me edit it and transpose it, but I'm going to do it myself. So we'll
0: see. Superb. And just kind of in closing, I have a few go-to albums which never get old for me. Two of those are Grave Dancers Union by Soul Asylum and your album Songs from an American Movie Volume 1. I constantly find inspiration in those records and never tire of them. And perhaps more importantly, they're probably albums that both me and my wife can agree on that are great, because normally it's the polar opposites. (laughs) Do you have any albums from years ago that still have that constant magic for you, whether it acts as a time machine or you just marvel at how good the songs are?
1: I've got a lot of them. I'm older than you, so my reach goes way back. I mean, top five albums in no particular order. The Beatles' White Album, the Rolling Stones' Exile on Main Street, Public Enemy, Takes a Nation of Millions to Hold Us Back, stevie wonder talking book pixie's do little you know i'm missing some x wild gift never mind the bollocks i mean there's albums that just they don't fade the glimmer and the shimmer on them don't fade it just gets stronger every year because when you tap into something that powerful it defies explanation to me i like to think we've done it with a few songs here and there But there's people who have done that with albums that just kind of blow my mind. I love that you love Songs from American Movie Volume 1, Learning How to Smile. That's probably my favorite. That and Afterglow are probably my favorite records. But that record's really important to me. It's me really, as a producer, trying to do a lot of stuff that I'd never done before. And I did it in the basement of my house on a computer, you know, with the band. And it's that fourth album, you know, like fourth albums tend to be amazing, like Led Zeppelin 4. Amazing album.
0: Fair warning, Van Halen.
1: There you go. I love Fair Warning. You know, that's not even their big commercial hit, but that's my favorite. I like Women and Children. I like them all. First album, second album. First four albums, Spotless. Yeah, Neilan's first album and My Name Is True by Elvis Costello. They came out on the same day in the states, and I bought them both that
0: day. Add them to that list of albums which still sound great. Oh, it's been lovely speaking to you. I'm so excited to see you over here in a few weeks' time.
1: Thank you, brother. It's good talking to you, Bob.
0: All right, man. You take care. I'll speak to you soon. Talk to you soon. Bye. Thanks so much to our Alex Arkis of Everclear for chatting with me on this episode of the Straight Video podcast. Very cool to speak to him after loving their music for such a long time. And I can't wait to see them here in the UK along with Soul Asylum next month. All dates and ticket information can be found at everclearmusic.com and maybe I'll bump into you at a show on that tour. If you're new to this podcast, then over 200 episodes can be found at stvpod.com, along with some STV music videos and a merch store. And if you're ever in the Midlands, please swing by the straight-to-video 80s video shop we have in Alfredton Derbyshire. We're open most Fridays, Saturdays and Sundays, but to keep up to date, be sure to check out 80s video shop all over social media to find out about all the cool events we have planned over the next few weeks, as there's lots going off. That's all for today's podcast. Please check back every Friday for a new episode and I look forward to speaking to you all again very soon.